Not sure about you, but I do uh, hear some alarm bells ringing out there in the markets these days. And I think that the market is trying to warn us that something's about to break or there's something potentially could, could break um, in the financial system. And in this video today, I'm going to look at a few examples of the things that I'm seeing. Uh, I'm not predicting an imminent market crash by no means, but there are a lot of things that are telling me we need to be cautious. And what I'll do in the video, I'll share my thoughts with you. Uh, at the end of the day, you can uh, determine what's appropriate for you, what might help you manage your investment portfolio if you are an aggressive type of investor well I mean ignore everything I've said here and just sort of go for it um, but if you are a little bit more conservative or more prudent uh, you can take what I'm uh, going to share with you today and you can factor that into your uh, decision-making process so um, just sort of as an overview uh, I would say the markets have shown amazing resilience right in, in in light of the headwinds that we've been seeing recently we're looking at things like high inflation there's questionable GDP growth out there today uh, we are in the midst of certainly the most aggressive interest rate hikes that I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know whether these are all time, you know, the, the quickest pace. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but certainly I don't ever remember seeing anything this high this quickly. That doesn't make the markets overvalued, but a lot of there's a lot of chatter that's saying that they are. And, and personally, I, I am in that camp. I do think that the, the markets are, are trading at a higher level than they probably should be. I wanna start just by asking the question or looking at the issue of risk reward trade-off. And you know, if you are in the bull cap, if you think that there's not the potential for the markets to drop dramatically, how much conviction do you really have in that? Um, if you uh, are gonna put your chips in the pile, and that's essentially what we're doing here as investors, are you willing to go all in are you hedging your bets? Personally, I have most of my money still invested in the equity markets, uh, but I am hedging my bets. I recognize that it can take a long time for markets to reflect true value. That, that, you know, we can have a we can go into a, a bull run. It can last uh, a lot longer than a lot of people would expect it, myself included, uh, to last. But for most people, it's probably a good idea to reassess and just uh, you know look at your portfolio construction. Uh, be prudent about it and make an educated decision uh, without necessarily going all, all the way in. When I look at the market valuations today, um, there is a chart I pulled from currentmarketvaluation.com and this shows the S&P 500 10-year PE ratio. And we can see that as of September 30th, it's at 28.9. Now the modern era average is 20.2. So when you do the math on that, this is trading at a 43.4% um, premium to the long-term average, which is a 1.1 standard deviation above that average. So this metric alone would sort of suggest to me that the markets are in fact um, overvalued. I also wanna take a look at a few different Schiller ratios. So let's just first look at the Schiller PE ratio. We can see that's currently at 29.58. We can compare that if we look back to the left of this chart where that would normally fall. And this goes back a long ways. The S&P 500 price to sales ratio, again, we can see current level 2.42, but we can see when we look back how much lower that has historically been. The S&P 500 price to book value, similar circumstance, 4.14 today, again, trading above uh, what we normally would expect that to trade at. Um, you kind of get the picture here. To me, if we look at these metrics, the fundamental metrics, um, the markets certainly look overvalued. Now I wanna look at interest rates. And as I said, we're in the middle of this very aggressive cycle uh, here with the Fed, well, all the central banks around the world practically tightening. And if we look back at history and see how this might play in and, and help us assess where we're at today. When we look back at May, 2004, we can see that that was the beginning of a tightening cycle that lasted all the way through to July of 2006. 
Once those rates flattened, there was a little bit of a gap there, but then we saw the market correction that came uh, shortly after that. Another example, if we look back to January of 2016, there was a, a tightening cycle that ran through till December of 2018. And for those of us who were invested back in, in 2018, I'm sure you'll remember what December was like. It felt like the uh, the sky was falling back in, in December of 2018. But we can see once again, once there was that flattening of the rate, at some point after that, the markets uh, did correct. Now, a lot of that was probably driven by COVID, uh, but nonetheless, that pattern was there. Now, where are we today? We can see that about a year and a half ago, in February of 2022, we saw interest rates start to go up. And uh, up until where they are today, there's uh, depending on what you're looking at, there's, uh, there is uh, some flattening, there's some pausing, but there's a lot of chatter about possibly um, rates going up further than that. So um, given the history that we have uh, you know, to, as, a, as a guide here, what can we expect uh, ahead? Well, I think that this would be a foreteller of further economic uh, troubles. Uh, will we repeat that this time around or are we going to be different this time? course only time will tell but it's something I'm factoring into my portfolio management and I also want to talk about consumer sentiment uh, and just this morning the University of Michigan published its consumer uh, sentiment numbers this survey focuses on three areas it talks uh, it asks um, consumers how they view their prospects for their own financial uh, situation it asks how they have, they view prospects for the general economy overall in the near term and also for the general economy um, over the uh, the f over, over the longer term now just this morning that number decreased to 60.7 that's down from 66 in september we can see this is now the lowest uh, number in five months. We can also look at the VIX as an indicator and we can see recently that number again has come up from you know, a pretty low number I felt over the last number of months up to uh, just shy of 20 as it is today. So there seems to be a little bit of unrest um, in the ranks out there, another clue. Um, I also want to look at the bond market. Now the bond market a lot of people don't realize is you know, people don't give the bond market much love, but it's, you know, it dwarfs the stock market. Uh, there are some signals there that are flashing red to me. Um, the number one thing that's happening is investors are selling their old bonds and they're buying new bonds that now are paying them um, a higher yield. And this has caused a sell-off um, in the bond market. And we can see by this chart here, when prices go down, the yield goes up. And the blue line here is TLT. This is an ETF. It's the 20 plus year treasury ETF. We can see how much that has lost value going back to the middle of 2020. It's down about 43%. We can see the orange line, which is the yield. And we can see how dramatically that um, has risen. Now, with that yield rising, of course, the cost of money is getting more expensive. Now, all of this is also happening at the same time that disposable income um, has fallen into negative territory. And we can actually see uh, by this chart here, it has fallen now for three consecutive months. In May, the most recent cycle peaked out. Then we see June, we see July, we see August. We can see where the disposable income has started to come down. Now, logically, if disposable income is down, uh, what's going to happen next? Well, spending is going to follow it down as well. And spending has been dramatically propped up by credit card usage and, and consumer, personal consumer debt um, over the last while. Just recently, the U.S. consumer topped the trillion dollar mark as far as personal credit card debt is concerned. And in Canada, we just set a record high of $107 billion in credit card debt with total consumer debt topping out at $2.4 trillion. Uh, the bond market to me here really matters because that, again, like I say, that determines the price of money. Uh, we've taken on a ton of debt. Uh, we you know, pretty much globally we're seeing this, but certainly here in North America, 
We've also taken this debt on during uh, record low interest rates. And so uh, when I see the, the yield spiking, there's a, a lot of headwinds ahead. There's a lot of turbulence that has yet to come up, uh, I think, as, for example, mortgages start to renew. Uh, I think that the... Uh, the rates, the spike in the rates is either saying to me, well, it's saying to me that these rates that we're seeing hopefully won't go much higher, but they're certainly um, going to stay um, higher for longer. That's kind of the phrase we're hearing a lot these days. Uh, to me, that, uh, that also is certainly not a uh, positive sign. Now, I want to move on to the recession. And about a year ago, all we heard about was this impending recession. And in fact, Bloomberg at one point last year uh, set the odds of a recession at 100%. Uh, while we're now deeper into the cycle and, you know, there's debate whether we actually have seen a recession, but certainly we're not seeing anything dramatic right now. Uh, people are wondering, will we avoid it altogether or are we going to have, a, you know, what people call a soft landing? Uh, the question I ask, this is what I'm asking myself, but I can also ask you. Do you see a scenario where things like GDP growth and, and job growth slows enough uh, to tame inflation right now without triggering a recession. Um, it's it's a very very delicate balance that the Fed and or the central banks, I'll say, um, have to uh, have to figure out here. Uh, we do see inflation is still going up. Uh, the rates today, the Fed rates, the Bank of Canada uh, lending rates, they're either going to be higher for longer. That's my scenario, or uh, possibly going um, up a little bit more. There's a very high likelihood of that as well. Um, I would certainly say that that is not a bullish sign. To me, that's bearish um, as well. Now, yield curves is something else we can look at. And this is something I cover every month in my Market Bottom series. If, if, you are, uh, if you're a person who watches those, if not, I will put a link here. You can go check some of those out as well. But the, um, the yield curves generally are still well into negative territory. And we can look at this chart here to sort of see uh, where they are today. Well, history tells us that the yield curve needs to go back up into positive territory. That typically precludes a recession, which of course can't be good for the market. So when I look at this chart here, this shows me those bond yields going back to the great financial crisis. The white line is the S&P 500. And we can see the yield curves going negative here. And that precluded the dramatic drop in the markets that we saw uh, back in 07, 08, and early into 09. And you can see it took some time for those yields to go back into positive territory before certainly we were at the worst of it. So the, this metric, these yield curves are certainly telling me that the markets are due for a further correction. Now, I did want to venture a little bit out of my, my wheelhouse here, and I want to talk about a technical chart. And I'm certainly not a charts expert, but I do use some technical analysis to sort of back up or to confirm or refute my uh, fundamental analysis. And recently, uh, the S&P 500 has flashed a, a bearish technical um, chart, and I'm talking about the head and shoulders pattern. This is a classic price pattern that, that tells us that markets have become exhausted. Generally speaking, uh, when you're when you're in a bull phase, you want um, in, in this uptrend, you want to see the higher highs and you want to see higher lows. And for example, if we look at this one year chart here in late 2022, we did see a high. We saw a retracement. The next high was higher than the previous high. Then we saw a further retracement. But again, that retracement was higher than the previous low. And that's what we would expect to see in an uptrend. If we fast forward to July 31st of this year, we saw the markets hit a top. They retraced back until August 18th, hit another low. Now, when they went up the next time, the next high was September 1st. And this is a lower high than the previous. And remember, we want to see a higher high. The next low was then back to October 3rd. And again, this low was lower 
than the previous low. And that's not what we want to see. Typically, that will be a precursor to a pullback um, in the markets. Now, again, uh, I'm not a technical trader. So uh, this is just something that I use to supplement my fundamental research. But certainly, I know that this is not a bullish chart. Um, that, that much I can tell. Now, uh, a couple more things I want to talk about uh, today. First of all, I just want to address this issue of the AI hype that we've seen so much in 2023. And uh, certainly it has been the year of artificial intelligence. And I, I believe that the sector probably is a little bit overhyped. Uh, overhyped. We're due for a bit of a reality check here. Um, here's what we do know. We do know that there are lots of obstacles that uh, this whole sector, uh, this whole space has yet to see. First of all, there is enormous costs that are needed to run this space. There's enormous infrastructure costs, and it will take some time, uh, even with the deep pockets that these large companies have, it'll take some time to, to get us to a point where this really is, uh, you know, sort of mainstream and reliable and dependable. Um, secondly, companies like Amazon, Alibaba, Meta, um, even OpenAI itself, they're all designing their own AI chips um, that they plan to use for their own machines instead of relying on NVIDIA and other third-party chip makers. That's a, a big thing. Now, there's also a third point uh, that I think is a bit of a sleeper. There are a lot of growing calls for regulation in this space. And, you know, that we always look at European, uh, the Europeans as the leaders there. And there is a, uh, the European Union right now is, is working on an, an AI act. There will be a lot of restrictions if this goes through, which it probably will over there, um, on how the um, how the data can be used, right? How, how they gather the data, how they use the data. Uh, there's lots of examples uh, over there that, that you can look up as far as um, what those restrictions might be. So this is just a very uh, a summary on the AI space itself. But clearly, to me, at least, there are a lot of headwinds that they must figure out. And given that in 2023, this space has been such a a driver um, in the markets in general and the gains that we've seen, I think uh, we can't sort of discount that possibilities there. I want to talk about stagflation just for a moment here. Um, and briefly, uh, there still may be the possibility of stagflation, and that is a very, very bad scenario. And this is a, a scenario where you get a stagnant economy uh, in an environment of high inflation. And uh, I did a video that goes into a lot more uh, detail on this. I won't cover that all, all off here. Uh, we'll put a link for it uh, again. But my point here is there's no guarantee that this isn't going to happen again. It is very rare that this happens. It's really bad when it does. Um, but it might happen again. We see uh, inflation is, cur is, is currently ticking back up. Um, or at best, it's flat. Uh, we do, as we talked about earlier, we do expect interest rates are going to remain high or possibly even go a bit higher. So uh, from a possibility of stagflation, which uh, I guarantee will not be a good, a good scenario for the markets, um, I don't think we're out of the woods entirely there. Um, for the bull market to continue, we, I think we have to see, at least in this environment, a continuation or a sustained uh, growth or a focus on this um, AI revolution that we're seeing. We start, we're going to need to see central banks starting to cut their rates or at a minimum hold them where they are today. Uh, and we're going to have to see the economies basically escape a, a recession. Maybe a very, very mild recession, but in a good case scenario, we're going to see them um, totally escape that. Um, I don't see those scenarios coming together right now uh, to take us out of the woods. So um, those are my thoughts. So, you know, what say you? I'm really curious to see if you're a, if, if you're a bull, uh, you know, in the bull cap or if you're in the bear cap, you know, somewhere in between like a lot of people are. Um, I really would like you to, uh, to share um, with, uh, with me your thoughts in that respect. Um, if you want to keep up to date, 
with the latest news, the trending news, every Monday and Wednesday on this channel, uh, I do a video just sort of updating everybody on the latest news. So I will put a link here for the news series. I will also put a link for our investing academy uh, in the description of this video here. As always, I thank you for watching this video and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.